0: Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. Can't believe it's already the end of the week. Wonder what's happening out there.
1: Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Back
0: to my studio. <laughs> your, your epic studio.
1: It's very warm here. <sighs>
0: it is cold for me here.
1: Uh, uh, Some people
0: may agree so- that it's cold, but for me, it's cold.
1: Accordingly, I'm not wearing
0: any clothes, so be I'm pressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cold You'll with need- clothes on, that's the worst part. don't
1: need none of that. <laughs> Let me organize my deal here. Organize my deal.
0: Organize your deal. Let
1: me open some news stories. Ready.
0: You, is that how you're are gonna you
1: look? You, you, why do I look like shit?
0: No, no. I mean Are you gonna sit like that? <laughs> no. Okay.
1: That's
0: how, better. That's right? I wasn't sure if that it's was better. the that was the shot you're gonna go for. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I'm not comfortable, so no. It's sweaty and sticky and sweaty and sticky in here. That's all I can say in my defense. That's why my hair looks <laughs> like that. Alright. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the wet head look.
0: The wet head look.
1: That's right. Ready for you, Chief.
0: Today on Before Coffee, Wagner Boss Prigozin has returned to Russia. Lukashenko says
1: The world's hottest day on record was Tuesday, scientists calculate.
0: Germany did not listen to warnings about Russia, says Annalena Baerbock.
1: And we talk about Turkey and Sweden and their attempt to get in NATO. Well, Sweden's attempt.
0: EU sets out first ever soil law to protect food security and slow global heating.
1: U.S. is destroying the last of its once vast chemical weapons arsenal. That and more stories today. On July 6, 2023, edition of Before Coffee.
0: Okay, let's go to our first news story of the day, which is, of course, about the Wagner Group. This is from Peter Sauer. On the Guardian, the Belarusian president Alexander Lukashenko, who last month brokered a deal to end Wagner's armed mutiny, has said the head of the mercenary group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, has returned to Russia. As for Prigozhin, he is in Saint Petersburg. He is not on the territory of Belarus. Lukashenko told reporters, "Where is Prigozhin this morning? Maybe he left for Moscow." Lukashenko said Wagner fighters were stationed at their camps in Russian-occupied eastern Ukraine, adding that his offer to host them in Belarus remained. Under a deal brokered by Lukashenko, Prigozhin abandoned what he called a march for justice by thousands of his recruits on Moscow in exchange for safe passage to exile in Belarus. Criminal charges against Prigozhin were dropped last week as part of an agreement. Prigozhin's 62-year-old former is a 62-year-old former convict who rose to become Russia's most powerful mercenary, was last seen in public when he left Rost- Rostov-on-Don, a city in southern Russia that his troops occupied briefly. There were already questions about whether Prigozhin was sticking to the terms of the deal. The warlord was not been, has not been photographed in Belarus, and Prigozhin's jet has flown between Belarus and Moscow and St. Petersburg several times. Fueling speculation about the warlord's whereabouts, nobody's seen him, but they're supposedly somewhere. Okay, begun telegram messaging app on Monday for the second time since he aborted his aborted rebellion. Pergosin thanks supporters inside Russia. Today we need you to su- your support more than ever, he said, promising new victories at the front in the near future. Lukashenko said on Thursday that Putin would not wipe out Progorozin because the Russian president was not malevolent and vindictive the belarusian dictator said he plans to discuss the future of wagner during an upcoming meeting with putin i love that kind of backhand backhand there right no. lukashenko said this he's not my living and dictated that dictator said you know uh. <laughs> just suddenly i know he's a dictator which just an interesting uh, thing you can notice there in the the writing of this story Meanwhile, Russian state media on Wednesday launched a fierce attack on Purgosin as part of the Kremlin's efforts to discredit him in the eyes of the Russian public. Russia One TV channel aired what it said was exclusive footage shot during an FSB security service raid on Purgosin's private estate in St. Petersburg. The FSB said it found weapons, gold bars, and a closet full of wigs at the opulent mansion. Not wigs, isn't he bald? yeah he's bald of course he has wigs what <laughs> disguises man you
1: need disguises. yeah look at him he's,
0: he's like, Yeah. yeah oh, you guys can't look at him but trust me he is very bald okay of course he has yeah, some wigs wig it's no problem yeah, yeah the pro-kremlin like newspaper is Vetstia also published footage of the raid showing a giant sledgehammer described the words for use in important negotiations displayed in one of the rooms Last week, Mothcow began dismantling Pergozin's corporate empire, closing down some of his media assets. So, they're taking the hardball with him, and he's supposedly still living and hasn't been thrown out of a giant building yet, according to yeah, everyone. So, we'll find out next week. I guess that's what really happened.
1: Keeping his feet on the ground. They keep reaching for the stars, like Casey Casey used to say. All right, is that story? All right, then. And climate news.
0: More climate news from.
1: Uh, What's that?
0: Your camera's not centered.
1: My camera's not centered?
0: Yeah, I'm seeing too much of. Yeah, there you go. This
1: better? Yeah. I see myself. I'm looking at the stories. All right, the world's hottest day on record in our hot, hot planet. Now I gotta move my head. The entire planet. This is from. News: The entire planet sweltered an unofficial hottest day on human record-keeping on July 3rd and then blasted past that with an even hotter day on July 4th. According to the University of Maine scientists at the Climate Reanalyzer Project, for two straight days the global average temperature spiked into uncharted territory. After scientists talked about Monday's dramatic heat, Tuesday soared 0.17 degrees or 0.31 degrees Fahrenheit even hotter which is a huge temperature jump in terms of global average and records the same university of Maine climate calculator based on satellite data and computer simulations forecasts a similar temperature for wednesday that would be a record territory with the antarctica average that is a whopping 4.5 degrees celsius or eight degrees fahrenheit warmer than the 1979 to 2000 average. High temperature records were surpassed July 3rd and 4th in Quebec and Northwestern Canada and Peru. Cities across the U.S. from Medford, Oregon to Tampa, Florida have been hovering at all time highs, says Zach Taylor, a meteorologist with National Weather Service. Beijing reported nine straight days last week when the temperature exceeded 35 degrees Celsius, which is 95 Fahrenheit. We're gonna do this the whole story, by the way. Keep converting. The increasing heating of our planet caused by fossil fuel use is not expected. It was predicted already in the 19th century, after all, said climate scientist Stefan Ramstorff at Potsdam Institute for Climate Research in Germany. But it is dangerous for us humans and for the ecosystem we depend on. We need to stop it fast. The daily but preliminary unofficial heat record comes after months of truly unreal meteorology and climate stats for the year, such as off-the-chart record warmth in the North Atlantic, record low sea ice in Antarctica, and rapidly strengthening El Nino, said the University of North Oklahoma meteorology professor Jason Furtado. The global record is not quite the same. I'm sorry. The global record is not quite the type regularly used by gold standard climate measure entities like the national oceanic and o- atmospheric association noaa but it is an indication that the climate change is reaching into uncharted territory It legitimately captures global scale heating and noaa will take these figures into consideration was it does its record official record calculations said deke are deke are my name is deke art director of the National Center for the Environmental Information. In the climate assessment community, I don't think we'd assign a kind of gravitas to a single day observation as we would to a month or year, Arn said. Scientists generally use much longer measurements, months, years, decades to track Earth's warming. In addition, the preliminary record for the hottest days based on data that was only goes back to 1979, the start of the satellite keeping record, whereas NOAA's data goes back to 1880, but aren't added that we wouldn't be seeing anywhere near record warm days unless we were in a warm piece of what will likely be a warm era. Driven by greenhouse gas emissions and the onset of a robust El Nino, All an El Nino is a temporary natural warming of parts of the central Pacific Ocean that changes the weather worldwide and generally makes the planet hotter. Human-caused climate change is like an upward escalator of global temperatures, and El Nino is like... Jumping up while standing on that escalator, Art said. Interesting, interesting. On Tuesday, American Independence Day, Earth average temperature spike at 17.8 degrees Celsius, or 62.9 Fahrenheit, according to the University of Maine's Climate Real Analyzer, a common tool often used by climate scientists for a good glimpse of the world's condition. Tuesday's temperature was nearly a full degree Celsius, Warmer than the 1979-2000 average, which itself is warmer than the 20th and 19th century averages. So, another update on our hot, hot planet. Make sure you stay cool, stay hydrated, and get enough sleep. Unlike me. Your story.
0: Yep. Always remember to drink that water. Okay. Yep,
1: yeah, we... Right. That's it.
0: Okay. <laughs> in germany news this is from patrick Wintour, the diplomatic editor at the guardian germany did not listen to warnings about russia the russian invasion of ukraine has changed how germany views security and made berlin realize it and made berlin realize it failed to listen to eastern european allies who warned of threats from moscow yeah they were probably just like oh man those eastern europeans always screaming about russia because of the soviet union no, guys, I'm... For real, for real, something's happening over here. Mm. In a frank mission about the flaws in the post-war German po- foreign policy, Annalena Ber- Baerbach, the German foreign minister, said countries in the Eastern Europe had the right to warn Germany that and that hoping for the best in dealing with the threats from an autocratic Russia was not an adequate response. For too long, she said, Germany has resorted to checkbook diplomacy, or belief that political and economic inter- interaction would lead Russia to a democratic path. We know that for the foreseeable future, President Putin's Russia will remain a threat to peace and security on our continent, and that we have to organize our security against Putin's Russia, not with it, she said. Writing before NATO summit in Vilnius and soon after the publication of the new German national security strategy, she interview Interwined. Germany's security interests with those of Eastern Europe, saying, We Germans will never forget that we owe our freedom in a reunited country also to our allies and our eastern neighbors. Just as they were there for us, we will be there for them now, because the security of Eastern Europe is German security. There had been doubts about whether Germany could take a military leadership role in Europe given its history, but Baerbach said that The Ukraine war has forced Germany, sometimes to its own surprise, to reassess its role and responsibilities. After the horrors of the Second World War, unleashed by Germans, our country's foreign policy was driven by the premise that war should never again emanate from German soil. She was clear that that had changed. Only two years ago, the idea of Germany delivering tanks, air defense systems, and howitzers to a war zone would have seemed far-fetched, to say the least. Today, Germany is one of the leading arms suppliers for Ukraine's self-defense. He added, Russia's war of aggression has marked a rupture in the world. For my country, it has opened a new chapter, redefining how we seek to promote peace, freedom, and sustainability in this world, as a partner that embraces its leadership. Birbach's efforts since her appointment to reassure Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe have been hampered by a Polish government intent on seeking reparations for Germany's wartime occupation of Poland. Relations with Hungary have suffered a result of German criticism of Hungary's democratic backsliding. There is a general admission by France and Germany that the axis of new geopolitical Europe will be closer to the east. In her article, Berlock has also pointed to the speed in with which Germany had shed its economic links with Russia noting that the contribution of Russian fossil fuel to the current German energy mix was zero. Although Germany's new security strategy, modeled conceptually on Britain's Integrated Defense Review, has been criticized for fudging some issues, including the need for a National Security Council, the author had to deal with different ideologies and departmental interests from a coalition government. One author confided, behind every scene, there is a story. Strategy came under most criticism for deferring a debate on how to handle China to a late paper. A later paper. And differences remain about the best way to implement the mantra that Germany needed to de-risk rather than decouple its economical relations with China. Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, drew criticism last week when he said de-risking was primarily down to the choice of companies and not down to governments. De-risking is not a short-term project. And as it is mainly about decisions that need to be taken by companies, he told reporters after a two-day EU summit in Brussels. He said companies too often had taken major risks as they choose to rely on only one supplier, no matter where it is. So That was a short little summary of, I'm sure, a much bigger article by the German foreign minister about why Germany may or may not have let Europe, Eastern Europe down that
1: mm. oh man okay to your story and more and more European news we're gonna talk about NATO again <laughs> this is from the, this is from the AP story from uh, what's his fellow's name Lauren Cook probably a woman Lauren Cook this story. senior officials from Sweden and Turkey will gather at NATO headquarters on Thursdays to examine mm-hmm. Turkish president Erdogan. Erdogan's Erdogan's objections to Nordic country joining the military alliance to see what more, if anything, can be done to break the deadlock. NATO Secretary General Jens Stolenberg will lead the meeting, which will involve the country's foreign ministers, intelligence chiefs, and national security advisors. Top officials from Finland, which joined NATO in April after addressing Turkish concerns, will also take part fearing for their security sweden and neighboring finland ended their long-standing policy of military non-alignment after russia invaded ukraine on in february 2022 and both applied for nato membership president joe biden welcomed sweden's prime minister at the white house on wednesday to show his solidarity as the united states ramped up pressure for the nordic nation's entry into nato ahead of the alliance's two-day summit starting next tuesday only turkey and hungary are delaying sweden's sweden's membership the other 29 I- allies Stoltenberg and Sweden have all said Nordic country has done enough to satisfy. The, they keep calling it the Nordic country. <laughs> the Turkey, Turkey's demands. Sweden has changed its anti-terror laws and lifted an arms embargo on Turkey, according to other concessions. But Turkey accuses Sweden of being too lenient towards groups that Ankara says pose a security threat, including militant Kurdish groups and people associated with the 2016 coup attempt. NATO requires Indiana's unanimous approval of all 31 members to expand. Turkey's foreign minister said sides would review steps Finland and Sweden took, especially in the context of fighting terrorism since the last meeting, which was held on Ankara in June 14th. Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan would be joined at the meeting by Erdogan's chief advisor, Akaf Kadage Kilik, Deputy Foreign Minister Barak Akapar, and intelligence chief Ibrahim Kalin, according to the ministry's statement. Hungary is also holding up approval of Sweden's candidacy, but has never clearly stated publicly publicly what its concerns are. NATO officials expect that Hungary will follow suit once Turkey lifts its objections. At a European Union summit last week, Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson said Hungary has given assurances that would not hold things up. Twice I have spoken to Prime Minister Viktor Orban chris said told reporters both times he has confirmed that hungary will not delay turkey is a different matter a koran burning protest which was the which was the media vastly outnumbered the participants outside of mosk in stockholm has fueled tensions erdogan criticized sweden last week for allowing it oh no you allow free speech you dirty bastards Police permitted the police the protest citing freedom of speech after a court overturned a ban on similar burning a Muslim holy book. It is unclear exactly what Turkey objects to, said Thursday's meeting designed to flesh that out. Erdogan's rally against Sweden while on the campaign trail for elections in May, and NATO officials suspected him to relent after he was re-elected. Erdogan is seeking an upgraded F-16 fighter jets from the U.S., but Biden has suggested that Sweden's membership should be endorsed first. NATO has opened hoped that road to sweden's membership would be smoothed out before the july 11 12 summit in lithuania sweden's entry would be symbolically powerful moment and the latest indication that russia war is driving countries to join the alliance these hopes those hopes have dimmed well i think they'll eventually join and that er uh erdogan was running for re-election and he was grabbing an issue that's all i think even though he probably rigged the election anyway
0: well, your really story. Okay.
1: I don't see the I don't see a dines with of difference between Sweden and Finland joining. I really don't. They're just you know, countries that need NATO protection because Russia's are gonna say, you know what? You know what, Finland's looking pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, your story. Sorry.
0: Okay. In more European news, we've got global heating this is a article from patrick greensfield on the guardian with the help of the who's supporting not the age of extinction
1: <laughs>
0: it says the age of extinction is supported by it. i'm like no 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 we don't need to support that we need to do the opposite to support it anyways the european commission has proposed the continent's first soil law intended to undo some of the damages done by the intensive farming and mitigate global heating Amid the intense opposition of opposed proposed laws on nature restoration and curbs on pesticide, the European Commission put forward proposals in Brussels on Wednesday to revive degraded soils. Research indicates that this could help absorb carbon from the atmosphere and ensure sustainable food production. The new law would see member states monitor the health of soils, fertilizer use, and erosion, but stopped short of country-level targets for improving soil quality. This drew criticism from European agri-food industry, which called for more ambition to improve the worrying state of soils. Speaking to The Guardian, the EU Environment Environment Commissioner, Virginius Sinkevicius, said the ultimate aim was for the continent to have healthy soils by 2050. More than 60% of EU soils are considered to be in a healthy state. Unhealthy state. If our soils continue to degrade, the biggest risk to our food security and farmers, basically, it's our biggest risk to our food security and farmers, basically, their business model is wiped out. Oh, see, it always comes down to economics. Oh, but what about the money that could be made? Uh, I. What about just... Take care of the planet who cares about the money that can be made? What a concept. I can hardly imagine how we could do agriculture without fertile soil. The Worst effects of droughts and floods can be avoided with healthier soils. Well, technically you can do, uh, what is it? Hydro agriculture. You just put it in the water. You don't even just feed it the right nutrients in the water. You don't need soil, but I get what they're saying.
1: Sometimes.
0: Yeah. A new law would not have legally binding targets, however. We are opening a way to to additional income opportunities for farmers and landowners through a volunteer certification scheme for soil health and strong synergies with carbon farming and paying for ecosystem services. Land use is the second major source of greenhouse gas emissions after fossil fuels and a major cause of biodiversity loss. With overuse of fertilizers and peatland degradation, a driver of both crises. Research released earlier this week indicated that modest improvements to agricultural soils around the world might store enough carbon to keep the world within 1.5 G or 1.5 Celsius of global heating. One Planet Business for Biodiversity, OP2B, the main representative of European agri-food industry in Brussels, said the proposals did not go far enough. EU needs to go further to tackle the trend of deteriorating soil health in Europe said Stefani Avazzini in a statement the director of the OP2B the organization is calling on EU member states and the European Parliament to raise the ambition of the proposals we very much value the importance of the commission gives to agriculture and its central role in the management of soil still we would have appreciated the commission grasping the magnitude of the efforts Needed to move to sustainable management and practices. Mobilizing the necessary funds to support the transition to regenerative agriculture at a scale. So. Find more Age of Extinction coverage on The Guardian. And I don't know why they're supporting it, but The Guardian is supporting the Age of Extinction, so.
1: Oh yeah, they want us all. Well, Everybody's got a point of view, right? Even crazy people. Alright. So. The U.S. is destroying the last of its once vast uh, chemical weapons arsenal. This is from the New York Times, Dave Phillips, and John Ismay. In a sealed room behind a gauntlet of armed guards and three rows of high barbed wire at the Army's Pueblo Chemical Depot in Colorado, a team of robotic arms was busily disassembling some of the the last of the United States' vast and ghastly, ghastly stockpile of chemical weapons. In went artillery shells filled with deadly mustard agent that the Army had been storing for more than 70 years. The bright yellow robots pierced, drained, and washed each shell then baked it at 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Out came inert and armless scrap metal falling off the conveyor belt into an ordinary brown dumpster with a resounding clank. The sound of chemical weapons dying, said Kingston Reef, who spent years pushing for disarmament outside government and is now a deputy assistant secretary of defense for threat reduction and arms control. He smiled at another shell clanked into the dumpster. The destruction of the stockpile has taken decades, and the Army says the work is just about finished the depot near pueblo destroyed its last weapon in june the remaining handful at another depot in kentucky will be destroyed in the next few days and when they are all gone all the world's publicly declared chemical weapons will have been eliminated the american stockpile built up over generations was shocking in its scale cluster bombs and landmines full of nerve agent artillery shells that could blanket whole force with blistering mustard fog Tanks full of poison that could be loaded on jets and sprayed on targets below. They were the class of weapons deemed so inhumane that their use was condemned after World War I. But even so, the United States and other powers continued to develop and harness them and amass them. Some held deadlier versions of the chlorine and mustard gas agents made infamous in the trenches of the Western Front. Others held nerve agents developed later, like BX and sarin. They're lethal even in tiny quantities. American armed forces are not known to have used lethal chemical weapons in a battle since 1918, though during Vietnam they used herbicides like Agent Orange that were harmful to humans. But nerve agent and agent. Nerve agent is instant, and Agent Orange just give you cancer 50 years later. The United States was also a sprawling germ warfare and biological weapons program. Those weapons were destroyed in the 1970s. The United States and the Soviet Union agreed in principle in 1989 to destroy their chemical weapons stockpile, and when the Senate ratified the Chemical Weapons Convention in 1977, 1997, the United States and other signatories committed to getting rid of the chemical weapons once and for all. But Destroying them has not been easy. They were built to be fired, not disassembled. The combination of explosives and poisons makes them exceptionally dangerous to handle. Department of Defense officials once projected that the job could be done in a few years at a cost of $1.4 and is now, wrapping up decades behind schedule, at costs of close to $42 billion, Or 2,900% over budget. But it's done. It's done. It's been an ordeal, that's for sure. I wondered if it would ever see the day, said Craig Williams, who started pushing for the safety destruction of stockpile in 1984 when he learned that the Army was storing tons of chemical weapons five miles from his house at Bluegrass Army Depot in Richmond, Kentucky. He's a NIMBY, not in my backyard. We had to fight, and it took a long time, but it it's I think we should be very proud of he said this this is the first time globally that entire class of weapons of mass destruction will be destroyed other powers have also destroyed declared stockpiles Britain in 2007 India in 2009 and Russia in 2017 but Pentagon officials have cost that chemical weapons have not been eradicated entirely a few nations signed the treaty and some never signed the treaty and some that did notably Russia appear to have retained undeclared stocks what a shock russia cheating at an arms treaty no way nor did they treaty under use of chemical weapons like by rogue states and terrorist groups forces loyal to president bashar al-assad syria used chemical weapons in the country numerous times between 2013 and 2019 according to the ihs conflict monitor a london-based intelligence collection analysis service fighters from the Islamic State used chemical weapons at least 62 times in Iraq and Syria from 2014 to 2016. The immense American stockpile and decades-long effort to dispose of it are both a monument to human folly and testament to human potential, people involved say. The job took so long in part because citizens and lawmakers insisted that the work be done without endangering surrounding communities. Late in July the 15,000-acre Bluegrass Depot. Workers carefully pulled fiberglass tripping tubes holding sarin-filled rockets out of earth-covered concrete storage bunkers and drove them into a series of buildings for processing. Workers inside wearing protective suits, gloves, x-ray tubes to see if the warheads inside were leaking then sent them down the conveyor to meet their doom. It was the last time humans would ever handle the weapons. From there, Robots did the rest. Chemical munitions all share essentially the same design. A thin-walled warhead filled with liquid agent and a small explosive charge to burst it open into no a battlefield, leaving a spray of small droplets, mist and vapor, the poison gas that soldiers had feared from the Somme to the Tigris. For generations, American military bug used chemical weapons only in response to enemy chemicals. Attack and then set out to amass so many that no enemy would dare. By the 1960s, the United States had a highly secret network of MELF manufacturing plants and storage complexities around complexes around the globe. So here we are, and there is way more paragraphs to this story than there probably isn't necessary. But there's your story. Chemical weapons, at least from superpowers, a thing in the past. But we still have to worry about terrorists having them because they're not that hard to make. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. In culture news, why are summer flop... What are summer flop busters? And why did Indiana Jones and The Flash bomb at the box wow. office? This is from wow. Ryan Gilby in The Guardian. It It is thought that The Antikytherian mechanism rebanded the Dial of Destiny as the last Indiana Jones movie, Was a device invented by the ancient Greeks to predict ellipses and monitor the movement of the sun. Whether its prescience can be applied to box office takings isn't known. Some estimate the date the contraption to as early as 200 BC, where there was a dismaying lack of interest in domestic grosses and opening weekends. But if it could, it would have revealed that Indiana Jones and in the Dial of Destiny was headed for a full-on Temple of Doom scenario. If you want to imagine what the studio executives looked like when they received word of the dismal grosses for the $300 million or 235 pound movie, cast your mind back to the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, eyes popping, faces melting, and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Tentpole releases, as some of blockbusters are known are no longer the guaranteed behemoths they were in pre-COVID era. The marquee is sagging. The temple is in danger of snapping. Last Monk oh. the DC superhero adventure, The Flash, took a catastrophic dive into the red and now on course to become one of the biggest flops in Warner Bros. history. Wow. Expectations were high for the movie, though maybe there should have been a shade more sept- sept- skepticism
1: Skepticism
0: skepticism when James Gunn, co-CEO of DC Studios, announced that it was one of the best superhero movies he'd seen. Never trust anyone when they say that. This is the best uh-huh. thing you'll ever see. Okay, you're lying to my yeah. face. As scoops go, executive claims his company's product better than everyone else's. Wow, that's a certain rigor, not to mention a novelty value. Uh It transpired that Gunn was firing blanks. Reviews ranged from lukewarm to frosty, while audience sprinted at flash-like speeds in the opposite direction from the cinema, showing the movie less than a... Showings to the movie. Less than a month after its release, it is already in the pan. And there's little hope that either the movie or the Dow of Destiny will make up lost ground in the summer holidays. What will the triple threat of Barbie, Oppenheimer, and new Mission Impossible adventuring waiting in the wings. What could have gone so disastrously wrong for these apparently safe bets? In the case of Dial of Destiny, it is almost as if depending on sustained affection of an older, nostalgic, and largely male audience, rather than including anything that could entice a younger, diverse demographic, had proved a flawed strategy. But wait! Doesn't the Phoebe Waller bridge factor count for anything? She appears as an indie goddaughter, though it's worth remembering that, as a film performer, she doesn't have the clout to match her TV presence or cultural standing. That will be a hard lesson for some of us to learn, but the world isn't made of flea bag fans. <laughs> Importing okay. into Indiana Jones' picture a scaled down version of her usual shtick feels incorrect, while her bridge has worked splendidly as magic dust, sprinkle on a Bond film, or a Star Wars prequel. There's no evidence in movies that she can be a magic wand and make miracles happen. Other elements that might have been off putting to audiences include the de aging technology that shaves a few decades and several layers of human emotion from Harrison Ford's face. And look who <laughs> he's fighting this time Nazis. Don't let's see enough of those on Twitter. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's an easy joke. The reason for the crash of the Flash are less mysterious. You might blend the curse of the multiverse, which makes the exploits of different versions of the film's heroes seem less compelling than they would have been before this scenario started dominating everything and everywhere all at once. Haha, ha, I get huh? it? The movie, yeah. the, every, the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once is a multiverse film, and now everyone's making multiverse films. This guy's so... Me. What a what a writer. Perhaps there
1: yeah.
0: is a reality in which the allure of the multiverse is not waning, but this isn't it. A devil hoping of... Batman in the Flash was also predicted to be a winner. Surely no one could resist seeing both Michael Keaton, who played the role twice more than 30 years ago, and Ben Affleck, the first actor in history of the part that looked more expressive with his mask off than on. Oh, sorry, his uh, mask on than off. He is more expressive no. when his mask is on. Okay, sorry, messed up that joke. The rule with this superhero though seems to be that only works now in a brainswept gothic context. That explains why the Batman was a 770 million hit last year, while the character's light-hearted appearance in the Flash, writing the coattails of Spider-Man Get Together in No Way Home, was an appetizing as a Boo hand bat trap. Wow, that's a really specific really specific uh. attack there. <laughs> Chief. Nothing was more damaging to The Flash, though, than the assorted allegations regarding off-screen behavior by its star, Ezra Miller. They're not allegations, by the way. He was arrested, so... And trialed for them. Um, which has right. made the movie synonymous with the scandal. Audience looking to forget their cares at the multiplex don't want to do heavy lifting of seeing past that the actor's dubious extracurricular actions any more than they want to pick broken glass out of their popcorn. don't need a dial of destiny to tell you that yeah uh, he beats he was like he was in Hawaii just harassing Hawaiians right nobody nobody likes to hear about some you know tourist going somewhere and just harassing the people who live there you know that nobody wants to hear about that and you're also a famous actor just leave and go away
1: That's a a hobby movie though isn't it
0: no, it's not in the movie, it was real life. The real life no, actor was harassing it's a different people movie in Hawaii than this for one. the past two years. He's been they've been harassing people in Hawaii. I'm and talking
1: about this is he's talking about a different movie now. He's not talking about Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah, he was talking. Uh, he was talking about the Flash as well. Both those movies oh, okay. which came out as summer blockbusters
1: Oh, okay. Dive
0: bombed. So why do they both dive bomb? Because for, for mm. the Flash, it's because Ezra Miller, the person who played The Flash is an asshole in real life and nobody wanted to see them on the screen so anyways okay. on to this day in history
1: is that it <laughs> yeah interesting review it seems like he just hated that movie before it even came out people don't ask me it's like well why are they doing asking that let me write a review that's what it seems like it's like really it wasn't a review it was
0: analysis
1: oh analysis or review what's the difference
0: uh the analysis Hollywood... was on the they were, an, uh, they were analyzing the mechanism of Hollywood and why uh, these films bombed, not the films themselves. I'm sure we can well, read we a video should, somewhere else.
1: It key into the idea that Hollywood ran out of ideas 30 years ago. <laughs> so that's the problem. They're making remakes of movies that should have made met two, maybe definitely not three, but now they're making like five and six, and it's like, yeah. why? How, you develop these characters, you just put them in the same situation. Nothing different is going to happen there's no uh, metaphors right there's nothing it's just them nakedly grabbing your cash to make the same movie over and over again okay this day history oh and by the way the what is it the dial of destiny is that the name of it that reminds me of yeah. that tenacious D movie the pick of destiny yeah <laughs> Every time I see that ad, I was like, I think a Tenacious the Pick of Destiny. So maybe that's really the problem. They
0: really messed up there, yeah.
1: Yeah, they messed up. The Dial of Destiny, the Pick of Destiny. Okay, well, it's a it's a Jack Black movie, I guess. 1415, Czech religious reformer John Hus, whose criticism of the church part- anticipated the Reformation by more than a century, was burned at the stake. 1415, when we used to burn people at the stake. Oh, yeah. 1535 a little bit farther on in human history English humanist statement Thomas More was beheaded for refusing to accept King Re, King Henry VIII as a head of the Church of England so Thomas More famous martyr was martyred on this day there you go 1777, British General John Burgon captured Fort Ticonderoga from the Americans during the American revolutions and therefore giving us a name for our pencils. Ticonderoga pencils, by the way, that's a thing. Anyway, 1885, Louis Pasteur successfully tested the anti-rabies vaccine. And the world has been better ever since. 1907, Mexican artist. Rita Kahlo, noted for intense, brilliantly colored Seth Port- portraits, was born. 1907, 1928, full-length, all-talking motion picture, Lights of New York, premiered in New York City. In 1946, George W. Bush, 43rd president, was born. This day, 1957, with the defeat of N- Darlene Hard, American Althea Gibson began the first black tennis player to win the Wimbledon Singles Championship on this day in 1957 also on that day while Paul McCartney met John Lennon for the first time at a church event in Liverpool England where the latter's band was performing the duo would later form the Beatles perhaps the most influential band in history so on the exact same day to Althea Gibson was win- winning Wimbledon in England somewhere else in England John and Paul were meeting that very same day. Isn't that interesting? Nyasaland broke from British rule and became the independent county, country of Malawi within the Commonwealth of Nations on this day in 1946. Bosnian Serb forces began to attack Serbantia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, ultimately killing more than 7,000 bosnia Muslim boys and men. The massacre was the worst episode of mass murder in Europe since World War II and this day in 1995 in 2002 john frankenheimer who's considered the most collectively creatively gifted directors of the 50s and 60s for movies such as *The manchurian candidate candidate and birdman of ultra died on this day 2002 it doesn't say how old he was that's kind of sad American tennis player Serena Williams on this day in 2002 defeated her own sister to win her first Wimbledon singles title on the same day. Wow. What is it? Uh, 45 years later after Althea Gibson. Isn't that interesting? Um, Anne Frank and sad news today. And Frank went in the hiding on this day in Amsterdam in 1942, an experience documented in her diary, which became a classic war literature until her capture until August 4th in 1944. And well, the rest is sad. Other birthdays today, John Paul Jones was born this day. John Paul Jones, famous revolutionary American, uh, naval commander not the bass player for led zeppelin <laughs> he did that later
0: okay sylvester <laughs>
1: stallone was <laughs> sylvester Salo was born this day in 1946. nurse sultan nazaberev president of kazakhstan was born this day in 1940 and i hope i pronounced that right and a happy birthday to the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama turns 88 today. He's born this day, 1935. Nancy Reagan, American First Lady, turns 102. And those are the birthdays today. And what day is it? Short, only three days today. It's National Hand Roll Day, which is, you know, the uh, sushi.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: Dang. Yeah. Hand roll.
0: They call it a hand Na- in English. Okay. I was like, I've never heard that. I think people, oh, just you call roll it with your sp- hand. Yeah.
1: And they roll with your hand. So, anyway, National Fried Chicken Day, which is easy. You fry a chicken. And it's International Kissing Day. So, that's it. Those are the only three days of this today. Short, sweet, kissing your chicken, kissing your fried chicken, and your hand roll. That's it.
0: Well, this has been Allison here from the Netherlands who only has fried fish, unfortunately, because it's Thursday and we have fresh fried fish here at the market, so that's what we get, but uh, enjoy your fried chicken out there from me. And
1: Roger, <laughs> sorry, stepped on you. Roger, United States, where the only thing cooking is me, <clears throat> so I can get some coolness on me, but... So long till tomorrow, be good to each other, and this is another episode of the Comprehensive News of Planet Earth, today on July 26th, 26,
0: 26. Wo- July 6th,
1: 2023, edition of Before Coffee. So I can't read. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons. And follow other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.